On December 21st, 2021, I released a presentation in which I discussed the fact that if governments around the world did not change their self-isolation policies, they would turn the good fortune of Omicron into a worldwide economic disaster. Just 24 hours later, governments around the world began talking about changing their self-isolation policies. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. The UK Health Ministry acted first by dropping its self-isolation policy from 10 days to 7 days based on a negative rapid antigen test, no more commonly in Europe as a lateral flow test. Scotland is poised to do the same. Let's take a look at the public discussion from Scotland because it mirrors concerns from nations all over the world. John Sweeney, Deputy First Minister of Scotland, said recently, quote, What we have to recognize is that the number of cases is likely to become so significant that it is going to give rise to significant absence levels from our private and public services. Exactly what I told you 24 hours before governments around the world started making these same statements. The Scottish Conservative health spokesman, Sanders Culhane, described the current rules of isolation as unsustainable and, quote, if there are not changes, the consequences to our emergency services, our transport network, and the economy could be dire, close quote. But where he says could be dire, you can just change that to will be dire. In reference to self-isolation, Labor's health spokesman Jackie Bailey said, quote, If the evidence says we can safely help ease this, there is no excuse for delaying while businesses and public services suffer. And Colin Wilkinson, managing director of the Scottish Licensed Trade Association, said, quote, We effectively remain open in name only. The industry is in a far more precarious position than last year. The problems we have is we can see when we get through the winter period, a number of businesses will be folding because of the COVID debt they have accrued over this period. We've gone beyond the point of calling for support. We're in a position where it, reducing the self-isolation, is, is the aid industry needs if we are to survive, close quote. As you're probably aware, Australia has been one of the most insanely dictatorial, tyrannical governments on the planet concerning SARS-CoV-2. But even Australia has now changed its tune. I want to share with you some of the things that Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia, said just a day or two ago, probably 48 hours ago. Morrison said, quote, we're not going back to lockdowns. We're not going back to shutting down people's lives. We have to ensure as a country and as leaders around the country that we put in place measures Australians can live with. And what that means is we have to move from a culture of mandates to a culture of responsibility. We've got to get past the heavy hand of government. <laughs> Okay, uh, we've got to treat Australians like adults. This suddenly came to him 24 months into this thing. We all have our responsibility in our community and for our own health. 
people should get vaccinated. If you don't, and then he goes blah, blah, blah into the whole false narrative about the consequences of not being vaccinated. But the key part of Morrison's statement was this, that they have to, quote, put in place measures Australians can live with, close quote, which means changing Australia's policies concerning things like self-isolation as we've been discussing. Here in the U.S., in reference to reducing the self-isolation 10-day policy, Anthony Fauci said, quote, that's certainly an important consideration which is being discussed right now. But the U.S. government, ever big pharma's marketing reps, are talking about making that change only in reference to people who are vaccinated. And since Fauci has publicly equated himself with science, Anthony Fauci is science, science is Anthony Fauci, this is probably a good time to talk about the fact that none of this, none of all the stuff that you've been hearing these government officials talk about in this presentation, none of that has anything to do with science. It's about saving the economies from going down in flames. And of course, since there's zero science behind changing these policies, obviously there's no science behind limiting these policies to people who are vaccinated. That's just more heavy-handed, taxpayer-funded U.S. government marketing on behalf of Big Pharma. Over the last several months, I've shared the following points with you. I told you that it was never going to be just two shots because the vaccines do not activate production of memory T-cells, which means their protection is always short-lived. In other words, if you're relying on a vaccine for protection, you would need ongoing injections to maintain that protection. The establishment virtually everywhere is now at three shots. Some jurisdictions are already at four shots. And not too far down the road, the discussion will be five shots, and then that will become policy and so on. Several weeks ago, I shared with you that Pfizer's CEO had said that a Pfizer vaccine shot would be required once a year. And I told you that that was just an opening gambit, just the original talking point, and that eventually the discussion would get around to, by my estimates, probably a shot every four months, in other words, three times a year. The UK just authorized the other day for anyone to get yet another jab if it's been 90 days since they had their last one. And here in the U.S., Within days of the CDC approving third shots for everyone in the United States, Anthony Fauci came out and started talking about a fourth shot, saying that if the protection provided by the third shot was not durable, and as I've explained time and time again, these shots will never offer durable protection, but, and so he knows there's going to be no durable protection, but he said if it turns out that the third shot does not create durable protection, well, then there'll have to be a fourth shot. My point being that everything I have told you for the last several months would happen, has happened. So, what's going to happen next? The position of government is going to change, and it's not going to be 10 days, it's not going to be 7 days, it's going to change simply to whenever you have a negative test result from a rapid antigen test, that's when you can go back to work. Of course, the whole idea of using rapid antigen tests is just absurd. First, uh, according to studies, depending on which brand is used and how well the user follows the instructions, the accuracy is somewhere between. You ready for this range? The accuracy of the rapid antigen test is somewhere between 4%, yeah, that's 4, and 90%. 
for the sake of this illustration, let's just call it 70%. That means that out of every 10 tests, three results are going to be inaccurate. And when you have three out of 10 results being inaccurate, when a fast-moving variant like Omicron is sweeping the planet, yeah, using the rapid antigen test is pretty much like trying to stop a giant cruise ship by throwing a couple of ice cubes in its path. Second, the entire antigen test scheme is a ruse. The politicians know it's going to fail before it even kicks off. But in the minds of politicians, they have to do something because not doing something <laughs> is to admit that they are powerless, which they are. If they had any power over a virus, uh, we wouldn't be where we are today, 24 months after the beginning of SARS-CoV-2. Now, let me explain why it's a ruse. The expert predictions are that Omicron is going to sweep the planet within, depending on what expert you're talking about, somewhere between six to 10 weeks from now, every single human on the planet will have been exposed to Omicron. And that means that the same thing is going to happen to every single enterprise. Public and private Omicron is going to sweep through them. And under the absurdly ridiculous rapid antigen testing protocols that are being put in place even as we speak, there won't be even a tiny fraction of the number of rapid antigen tests needed in that six to 10 week period. There's a big difference between establishing a protocol, a policy, and manufacturing, shipping, distributing, and getting hundreds of millions of rapid antigen test kit into the hands of the public in six to 10 weeks. That is an absolute non-starter. It won't even come close to occurring. And of course, when these politicians get up and make these speeches about how they're going to change this and that, they know exactly what I'm telling you now, especially the part that you're not going to get hundreds of millions or billions of rapid antigen tests out to the public in six to 10 weeks. They know that. So what's going to happen when this whole thing doesn't pan out? It, their plan collapses. And it's really not a plan. What they're going to do is they're going to no longer enforce their policies, and they're going to let key business leaders know they have no intention of enforcing the policies, and there will be no enforcement action taken against them, which will render the entire scheme a legal nullity. In other words, people are free to do whatever the hell they want. Companies can do what they want, workers can do what they want, and there will be no government oversight or enforcement because the public will not be able to get their hands on the very tools that the public policies require. An accurate way to look at these proposed changes is that it is all smoke and mirrors. These politicians know there is absolutely nothing they can do to slow down or stop the spread of Omicron. But if they don't make some significant changes right now, their economies are doomed. So knowing that their new policies are just political nonsense, what's the end game? The end game is that they're hoping that every single person is going to become infected with Omicron, but there will be very, very few serious cases of COVID-19, which the data supports at this time, and that after everyone has been infected, we'll say 99% of the public has been infected. That will bring about herd immunity. And SARS-CoV-2 will cease then to become a public health threat. But sadly, 
that isn't going to happen. I really wish it was. Let me be very clear. I wish it was going to happen. It's not going to happen, and the reason is because of the vaccines. Uh, the vaccines do not activate production of memory T cells in the body, and memory T cells are essential. They are what each, let's just say, a pool of a million people, um, say 900,000, which would be 90%. We'll use that as an illustrative example. 90% of that million person pool has to have memory T cells in their body for the society wide effect that we call herd immunity to actually occur. And in naturally occurring infections, absent these the new technology <clears throat> vaccines, that would certainly be the case. You reach a certain level where that percentage of people with prior infection immunity have memory T cells, and that's what gives the community, society, the world, what have you, natural herd immunity. Because the vaccines don't activate production of memory T cells, that is not going to happen in the highly vaccinated Western nations concerning SARS-CoV-2. There will be no herd immunity. And again, I regret that I'm right, and I wish I was wrong. I'm not going to continue on to discuss the memory T-cell issue with you, because I've discussed it at length in other presentations, but I will put two links down in the notes that pertain directly to that issue. So if you want to be well-informed about what's coming, what's around the corner, you'll want to watch those two videos when you're done with this one. Before I go, I want to remind you that up until midnight on Christmas Day, I'm running a Christmas special on body science and income tax shattering the myths when purchased together as a bundle. And what that Christmas special is, is I inscribe and autograph both copies. That's a $40 value that you get for free. And it's my way of saying thank you for all the support you've shown to me throughout the year. And by purchasing books off of DrReality.News, in financial terms, you help me to continue to be here for you with these fact-based presentations. Thank you, and Merry Christmas. Thank you.